Welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today I'm talking to Oceanside Auto Service Manager, Daniel Stewart. Uh, you may recall Daniel Stewart and Oceanside Auto from our June 2023 issue. Uh, they were the featured shop for our shop view, and they're located in Old Saybrook, Connecticut, right there on the Long Island Sound. Uh, they had that really cool architecture. Um, so anyway, Daniel and I are going to be talking about you know, his work in the shop, and it was his father's shop. He continues to work there, um, so it's a legacy shop for him. Uh, we're going to talk about just what it is to be in the business, uh, what he loves about the business, and then we're going to have a really interesting conversation really about how, you know, shop owners can really embrace and manage Gen Z. Uh, it's something he's seeing in his shop, just working with his young technicians. He's got several young technicians who are in their early 20s, and we just have a, a really good back and forth conversation about leadership uh, across generations. So hopefully you enjoy that aspect and really enjoy getting to learn about Daniel's shop, Oceanside Auto. Here we go. Hey, Daniel, welcome to Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Uh, after all this time, you know, I've been wanting to have you on for a bit and uh, glad to, to finally get you on to talk about Oceanside Auto. Yes, this is awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. So tell us a bit about yourself. You know, what's your background in automotive? Yeah, so basically we've we're here in the Northeast in uh, in Connecticut. I have been in the business since I was young. So my dad started this business back in 1999. Uh, I'm 32 right now, so I've been doing it. Geez, ever since I was young. Um, went out to college in Hawaii for a year. I met my wife. We came back here, and then I jumped right into the business from there. And I've been in ever since, and I love it. Very nice. What's your uh, what's your day to day like as a service manager? Yeah. So typically what I do in the mornings is um, when I pull in, I'm kind of looking uh, for what a customer sees. Right. So, for example, I'll pull in and make sure do we have enough parking spaces up top? We have two lots, one up top, one on the bottom. Typically, any overflow will go to the bottom and it's used quite frequently. So I'll look at things like that. Is the parking lot clean? When you walk in, what do you see? Is everything cleaned up and tidy? So there's things in that nature that right in the beginning of the day, I'll check it all out. Um, and then normally I'll go in and, and just check with the service staff to make sure. I'm, I'm, I have a, an office in the back, so I'm not really uh, on the day-to-day operation side per se. Um, but in any case, really, I'm just looking for any way to uh, boost our customer experience. I think that would be the best way to put it. And that's what I do on a day-to-day basis is make sure that our experience is, is just like top notch in every category that we can be. So we're always thinking outside the box. Yeah. I think one of the things that's striking to me that I think as a customer, which, which enhances the experience is the, the look of your shop. It's a very unique looking shop. Uh, talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit. Yeah, so so we're we're on a we're on the shoreline. So a lot of houses around here have this, um, you know, kind of New England style to it, uh, should you say? So when we did this building, uh, we wanted it to fit into the community. That was that was the key for us. We wanted it to be something that when you walk inside, you get the sense of you're walking in your own house. So there, there's a hominess to it. Um, but you know, in, in saying that, that's been it's been great because it makes a huge difference having a clean, organized facility that people come into. Uh, it's it's just it's made uh, it's made the business grow. People see you on a different level, um, especially when you're servicing them, whether you're dropping their cars off to them or picking them up, or you know we offer free loaner cars. So there's so many different things that we've 
planned for as we've expanded a little bit. Um, and it's really, it's been nice to watch it come together. It really has. It's been a long project. It took about two and a half years to do it while we were operating. So if you could imagine, we've had uh, tents in the back trying to work on cars. I'm sure everyone will understand that to some degree. Um, but in any case, well worth it. Well, well worth the investment for sure. Yeah, no, I love like the, the style of the architecture, the stonework. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you guys work with an architect on that? Or like, yeah, whose brainchild we were... was that? Yeah, so we worked with a local architect a little ways from us. Um, basically, what it is, is this a lot of towns in specific, but they have a lot of strict guidelines. So you're only allowed to do so much. It has to look a certain way. Your sign size has to be, you know, very small, certain size. But in any case, working with the architect, working with the town, uh, we all really designed it together to fit the mold of what we could suit on this property. So our property is non-conforming, so we couldn't really go much larger than it was. We were able to get some more square footage and, and add a couple bays. But in any case, I, I think the overall result was to make it just appealing to the eye, aesthetically pleasing. And and we've definitely done that for sure. I'm very happy about that. Definitely. So walk us through the shop, you know, kind of from front door to bay door. Like when mm -hmm. as, a, as a customer, what do I see when I, you know, first enter the shop and then kind of walk me through the rest of the shop? Yeah. So I, if you're, if you're a customer walking in, typically, you know, you'll pull in the driveway um, and you'll walk into the shop. The, our office is very small. So our, our total square footage is probably right around 3000 square feet. So we're working with, you know, five lifts and then we have an emissions bay as well. Um, but in any case, when you walk in, you're greeted by our service staff behind the counter. Um, we have a few chairs down there and I'm sure in the magazine you saw the picture. So we, again, tried to make it as um, large feeling as possible, even though it's very small and uh, it works really well. Like the ceilings are taller, so it gives you the sense that it's bigger. But um, basically you're getting that hominess feeling when you walk in. We have a snack bar, you know, we have a TV, all that, the normal essentials, coffee maker. Uh, we do a lot of free t-shirts and things like that. So we try and give them, give all of our customers just, again, the best experience possible, comfort if they're coming to sit here for a little while. There's those kinds of things that take their mind off of actually repairing their car because we know how stressful that could be right on so. now at the time of print when we wrote the story you guys had a staff size of 13 do you guys still have that same staff size or you guys we have do. you guys we, grown we, yeah we've added a couple staff members um you know i'm in a sense we're always hiring i think that's one of the really important things is just to consistently be out there in the community talking to people you know, putting ads out there, there, we, I do a lot of indeed. Now the at the applications are not the greatest, but I'm finding, um, and I'm just going to go off topic for a second, but I'm, I'm finding that, um, what we're creating in our shop as a culture is a lot of younger guys. We're finding, we're hiring a lot of younger guys, uh, that are just genuinely, uh, good people that can be trained, uh, that have a humble spirit behind them. So there's those kinds of important things that we found in the hiring process that it's like, no, we got to try and get the young people in here because the older guys are either staying or they're getting out of the business. And there's not many people getting into it. I'm, it's, it's not like it used to be even at, at a young age that I am growing up in it. It was always a lot easier, but nowadays it's, it's retention is 
basically culture based now. Um, and, and what I mean by that is if you have a solid culture, if your leadership has just a balanced attitude, it's much easier to keep your employees. If you're paying them properly, you know, if you're, if you're just giving them some grace and compliments, I just find it so much easier to work with the staff. We all work on the same level as a team. And, uh, that's just, what's been very important is from the top, the owner coming in every morning and just having a balanced attitude. A lot of us want to take our stress out and frustration from home, work life, whatever it may be. And we, you know, we, we take it out on our employees and such, but I find a lot of people leaving because of that. So that that's a big topic that I did want to dive into a little bit later on, but we can stay on topic with that. I'd love to yeah. hear more about your recruitment strategy, how you're finding and locating technicians to keep in the pipeline. So few best ways that I found one indeed does bring some value. Uh, what I like about indeed, and most people don't like indeed, and I'm not the biggest fan, but they do per application. So I think it's $60 per application that comes in. Then you're also able to cancel those applications. So let's say someone uh, applied and this happens quite often and they worked at uh, McDonald's and Burger King and Subway and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just we're not looking for that in our industry. So I can decline that, not get charged the $60 for the application and move on. So I found that to be pretty cost effective now. It used to be quite expensive where I would see bills of $400, $600. But I'm finding now if you can control your Indeed and you're watching it consistently because after 48 hours, they charge you for that um, application unless you decline it. So in saying that, it's very important that you're staying on top of it. In any case, I've, I've found it to be semi-useful in some circumstances. I haven't found it useful in the... Um, the A tech class, I would say, um, but B's and C's, lube techs, things like that. I found that we've got a few young kids that have come on board, have been taught by all the older guys and have really grown uh, exponentially a lot quicker than I thought, to be honest with you. And, you know, some of these kids, they, they just, they have it. They have the energy, um, they have the wherewithal and the mechanical ability to do it. They just need an opportunity to do it. So we found by giving them the opportunity, um, they've been very loyal to us. So it's been helpful to have a team that works together, number one. You know, we're all, at the end of the day, we want to fix the car right the first time and give the customer the best experience, right? So that, that's that's the main goal, and we're all on the same target. So it, it, it's been nice, but that comes with, again, it comes right up back to the top, and in no way am I perfect by any means, but... I do understand how important culture is in our industry because the automotive industry in general can be rough around the edges. Um, and in order to keep a larger team, you have to make sure, again, you have a balanced uh, personality, that you're not doing your ups and downs because I see that happen a lot in business where, again, owners get stressed. And that stress, whether a customer is frustrated at them, goes out to the technician, then the owner is frustrated or the manager is frustrated with that technician. So I'm finding if you can take a seat back for a second and look at the situation as a whole more objectively, that it's going to, you're going to win on both sides. You can win on the customer side. You can always win or you're going to have to eat something, sure. 
Um, but on the on the person to person internal side, you can win too because there, there's always a learning lesson. Of course, unless a wheel falls off, and that's a whole different ball game. But we won't get into that. So, in any case, I do find that there's a lot of good learning lessons for the younger guys that if brought to their attention properly, then they receive it well and they can build from it. And and that's just huge. It's been it's been awesome to see. It's been awesome to watch. But that goes back to again communicating with your staff you know, really caring about them. I think that's, again, one of the most important things is if you care about your staff, they're going to feel that they're going to care about your business and your, you know, yourself. So huge, huge interpersonal skills has been very important to keep the staff. I mean, I guess you could say happy because as we all know, in every industry, there's a labor shortage everywhere, right? right. So um, I found not only getting people because look, that's hard. It's hard. And you know, when we're down, you're down one technician, that could be $2,500 a day. That's kind of the way I look at it. So if you're down one decent technician, you're losing $2,500 a day. So um, by, again, having a more balanced attitude, being more graceful with your employees, you'll find that you can teach them. Um, and it really it makes a huge difference in the whole atmosphere of, of our shop, at least. What's the average age of your technician these days? So I would say, so there's 15 of us. There's um, technician wise, let's say. So there's the older guys that are in their 50s, um, you know, 40s. So there's there's three of those guys. And then um, the foreman who's also in his 40s. And then we, we have three younger guys. One is, uh, one's 21. The other one is 21 and one's 19. So now I found with these three guys that um, by learning from someone experienced who's willing to teach them, this is another thing with the the older guys that I've seen in the past is they really don't want to share the information. I'm not sure why. I think it's a pride thing. But in any case, our foreman is amazing he's been in the business for a long time he does a great job and he's willing he's he's willing to teach um and when you teach these kids they just want to learn and they want to do better and they want to be the best because that's just what we're pressing for so i have found that if you have that one key person in the shop that's older that can teach getting the younger crew in there and of course watching them closely but um getting them in there and having someone teach them, uh, especially when they're learning in your company. So someone like that is is definitely uh, more apt to stay because you've given them all this information, you've helped them along in their career. So I think that's one thing that's going to make a huge difference and impact in our business in in the future because it's only getting I won't say it's only getting worse, but it's getting it's challenging. So I'm I, my biggest biggest. Or the the most important thing right now that I see in business is the the internal backside, the culture, because the rest of it kind of, if, if your systems are in place, the rest of it flows fairly easily. Um, but when you have an employee that's not on board, uh, that becomes a whole different ballgame because, you know, one bad apple spoils the bunch, right? So in saying that, that's it's... It can be a problem. So just staying on top of your team has been really, really important. And it's just generated not only a lot of revenue, but just um, a lot of trustworthy, loyal uh, people that work with us and our team. Okay. Um, you know, so often you read 
you know, various outlets and articles about, you know, Gen Z employees and they kind of, and you kind of sure. wonder if these guys get a bad rap, you know, for their work ethic. Mm-hmm. What, what have you discovered or found out working with guys that are 21, 21, 19? 100%. They get, they get a bad rap. Absolutely. I think everyone sees them as whether it be uh, lazy, unmotivated, but again, um, you know, if you, if you put a genuine kid and maybe who's unmotivated, a little bit lazy in a situation that they're pushed, you'll see pretty quickly whether they have it or they don't. Now, we've just been really lucky to get three good ones that have had it. I'm not saying that happens every time. But again, what I'm saying is I think they do get a bad rap. Yes, I don't think it's fair. I think that um, you have to treat them differently. And unfortunately, I don't want to say baby them. But when you yell or when you, you know, confront them in a negative way, they shut down right away. And when they shut down right away, they're not teachable at that point. It's, it's basically this wall is up and you're telling me I screwed up and that's all I'm seeing right now. Whereas if you look at it from the other standpoint where it's like, hey, um, John, this situation took place. Uh, let's say, for example, <sighs> Uh, let's say John did an alignment, right? And then the quality control guy takes it out. He's like, the alignment's off. It's way off. Instead of going to that employee who did the alignment and, 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 you know, whether yelling at them or talking down to them, just bringing them aside and saying, look, this is what happened. This is what the quality control guy found. Is there something I can help you with? Or why was this the case? Or was it an issue? Or did you have a question and you didn't feel comfortable to ask that question? So you kind of assume that's another big thing with Gen Z's is they're not the greatest communicators. So that's staying on top of it, making sure they're comfortable to communicate to you if there's an issue, because a lot of them will just send it out the door. It's good enough, right? And then we catch it in quality control and we go back to that person. And again, if it's something that they didn't know, well, then they need to know it. Or if it was something that they overlooked, well, that can't happen again. And when you go at it from that objective standpoint, it, it makes the situation so much easier to navigate, so much easier. So I do think you have to treat the Gen Z employees differently. And people my age can see it. I think I'm on, of the younger generation, but I think the older generation, you know, my, my dad's generation, they see it differently. So it's tricky for shop owners, and, and I don't see it as the older ones. I'm not there yet, but uh, I could see how it's hard to almost bow down to someone, I guess, is the way you could look at it. Um, but I just see it from a different standpoint. It's not necessarily bowing down. It's meeting them where they're at and trying to figure out the situation. Uh, again, that goes back to that fixing the car right the first time and giving the best customer experience. And by doing that and by communicating with them, it's just going to make them a better technician. So instead of castrating them, per se, you know, go, going at it from a different standpoint makes a huge difference, I promise. <laughs> it really does, especially coming from a young guy. It's just what it is, and that is what the older generation has to adapt to, or it's going to be a big problem for them. <laughs> but they definitely need to learn to adapt to the younger generation's mindset and take it from more of a... Uh, easier, less rough kind of, uh, um, confrontation. But I don't know if, I don't know if you see that as well in your business. Are you seeing things of that nature also? 
Uh, no, I mean we've got a couple of Gen Z employees on our team, and they do they do good work. You know, they, they do good work. You know, we, we kind of outline the instructions for them, give them bandwidth to run with it. You know, they come back yep. with questions, they come back with questions or, and they, and for the most part, you know, in terms of, work, you know, collaborating, you know, they take instruction very well. Yeah. And they take correction pretty well as well. If, you know, like you said, if you handle it in a correct way where it's like you're coming from a place where you're showing yourself as teacher, not dictator. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, that's exactly right, which is fantastic and and I'm sure you see it too you you have a much better relationship oh and and this is one thing which which I found to be super helpful too is for example when you have a good relationship with a team member especially when you're in in a role such as leadership they're more willing for example hey John I have four tires and it's 445 we close at 5 like I I know it kind of stinks but is there any possible way you can help now if you're on that um level of res- where they respect you they're going to they're going to be just fine with doing it. It's like, yeah, Dan, I'll take care of it. No big deal whatsoever. But on the other side there's guys where it's like, no, I'm going home at 5 o'clock. And I don't necessarily find them to be the greatest team members um because again, there's that pride there. If everyone's being treated the same and there's a prideful one in the group, then you better figure it out and fix it. Because that is going to flow throughout the entire shop. And, and we have those issues from time to time, too. Um, but in any case, I will say, yeah, the, the young guys are doing a great job. I've been very, very satisfied. I thought it was going to be a, a much bigger of an issue because we were. I, we lost a couple staff members that were a techs. It made it very difficult. And uh, we, we kind of came up with a different game plan that was a little bit out of the box. And it seems to be working very well. So I'm, I'm happy with that, I must say. Um, I just, like you said, they just have to be, you have to come to them a little differently. And I think the thing is they also value a collaborative work environment. They want to be a part of something. Yes. You know, and I think that's important to find ways to ensure that they feel like, you know, they are a part of the bigger picture, like the the larger uh, scope of things. Sure. Yeah. It's not, it it becomes for, for them, for the younger group. It's not just about showing up to work every day. You're right. There, there has to be more of a purpose to it, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and when you're all collaborating together, there's a purpose. It's a team. We know what we're doing and we're all working together to do the same thing. So when you have that laid out for them, it, I, I think it really changes something in their, in their mind. That's like, okay, I, I you know, I'm going to push through this. I'm going to do a great job. I want to be part of this team. They're teaching me. They're helping me. You know, they're paying me well, even though I'm just starting out. So there, there's things of that nature that these these kids do see and they're willing to stay. I will. There, there's there's plenty of young guys out there that have the knowledge. They're good at what they do. Um, it's just a lot of people don't give them a chance, um, especially for two, two of them. I got right out of tech school, out of a college tech school. And. Uh, it's a lot of those guys that they end up being lube techs for a long time, and we want to push them into something different. So you take the talent that you see, you know, you hire slow and you hire fast, and that's how we do it here. And it's been working really well. Um, yeah, it's been working really well. So well, let's talk about that that education and training component. Like, where what are you doing sure. in terms of education and training for your technicians? So I have to say on, on this education and training side, I very much lack. Um, and it's not because I'm not aware of it. It's because there's 
uh, again, there's so many things at the forefront of my brain and I make, I make excuses. I, there's so many other things going on, of course, but at the end of the day, the education side is important. Now, what, what I have just sat down and had some reviews with the technicians and we did talk about education. So I'm looking into different programs. There's a lot of free programs out there like TechNet. TechNet, you know, we're a big vendor for TechNet. So they do, they do a lot of the training programs and it's free. And I've just never taken the time to sit down, call them, set up all the guys with their usernames and passwords, and then kind of get them going in that direction so that they can, um, again, they can feel like they're a part of something and it gives them something to push towards to learn more. So really what's happening, it's only, it's only hurting the business as a whole by not educating. And that, that's a hundred percent my fault. Um, and again, something I'm aware of, however, that needs to get done and it keeps coming up. So I'm right now just out there trying to see what different, uh, opportunities there are because I, I've seen, and I know you talk to a, a lot of us, um, in the automotive field and I'm seeing that the tech schools, the kids that are coming out of tech schools, they have a lot of head knowledge, um, but they lack a lot of mechanical skills. They're working on a lot of brand new cars and such. Whereas with us, we're an independent. We don't work on all brand new cars. So things, rusty bolts, there, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of information that's not taught in the tech schools. So I'm, I am finding that to be a little bit of an issue, but the education side of it is going to be, you know, uh, us internally. I found a couple companies that you can pay for and they set you up with their app, which is a consideration, but I'd like to go the free route first. I think I'm going to take advantage of what TechNet has to offer, set up all of our guys, see what they have. If it's adequate and it works well for us, then we'll use it. If not, then we'll find something different. Um, but again, that's something that I, I really need to work on. I've lacked. It should be really the main focal point of what I'm working on, but um, again, that, that's where, that's the beginning stages of, uh, the training program we're going to put together. Um, a lot of the younger guys, they've asked for it. They want to start getting more of their ASEs. So again, they're, they're pushing me, which has been good because I've been pretty lackadaisical on the education, uh, education situation, but definitely something at the forefront. And I, I'm going to work very hard on it because it's, it's only going to help. It's only going to help. And, and they do service writer training. They do parts training, then they do obviously technician training. So there's a lot of different modules and it, it looks like a cool program. So I definitely urge everyone out there to take advantage of the free training that, you know, maybe Napa offers or there's, there's so many different, there's so many different ones out there. You know, I love, um, Aaron, he does a great job. Aaron's amazing. We took, uh, we had his program for a, a long time and he really brought us to, to a whole new level in business. That's been one, Aaron made a huge impact in our business. Yeah. So something else you just, you mentioned a little bit ago was reviews, you know, and then that's, and that's kind of a, in a sense, a training kind of component within itself, just sitting down with your people. How often do you do reviews or one-on-ones with your team? Every six months, every six months we'll sit down and talk. Um, a lot of it, my reviews can be quite free form in the sense of typical reviews are, are quite structured and there's these, que I have questions, but it dives into a lot of the problems and I don't want to necessarily focus on the problems. I want to make sure that, um, well, one focus on them. Are they, are they happy? Are there things they're struggling with? Are there things they want education with? And that's where that education came into, um, you know, back to where, what I should be focusing on. 
Um, but there's there's those things that just shed light. What what? Uh, another good question that I ask that I, I really like is how can we improve our customer experience? Because everybody sees things differently. So if you're asking your staffing for help, it's like you're getting all these different brains together. Um, and I found that to be very helpful. So I do the review. I sit down. We sit in my office. Um, I'll have a Google sheet up. I'll type through some things. And, and then I'll have those reviews. I go back to them at the end. Any resolutions. And they're simple ones. Sometimes there's a toolbox in someone's way and it really annoys them. They never say anything about it. And then when you sit down and talk with them, it's like, what well, this one little thing was really annoying to me. And once it's taken care of, it's like, well, that makes their job that much easier, which they're not as stressed, which means they can perform better. So I found reviews to be super, super important. Um, and, and not only for us, but for them. So it, it's just that open line of communication. That's huge. We are um, re, I, we used to do weekly meetings again, which I find something to be important. However, I've, I've slid off that also. So I think with the weekly, bi-weekly, even monthly meetings, quick, these guys cannot handle an hour long meeting. If it's 10 minutes, that's great. But at least you're, you're staying in communication. You're, you know, they're, they're more than happy to talk about the issues, of course, when you're in this meeting. So it's something that, you know, oh, we need a new oil drum. This one stinks. So it's brought up in the meeting. You get a new oil drum, problem solved. So there's those kinds of things that come up quite often in these little meetings that tend to really positively help the shop. So always urge everyone, very important, keep in touch with the team so that you can have the best facility. Yeah, reviews are very important. Culturally, what are you trying to create at the shop? You talked about how important culture was for you and of course for the team, but what what are you trying to build in terms of a culture? Well, the main goal is to uh, have a team that is here for a long time. So what that looks like is, of course, I want everyone to stay. The team here is phenomenal. So I look at it like, what is, what do they want? You know, everyone wants a fun environment. You want to smile, you want to laugh. So the culture for us, again, is it's very objective. I come in, I have to be balanced all day long. It's a, it's a huge focus of mine. When the owner leader is mentally healthy, follows suit in the shop. So again, if you're up and down, up and down, the whole shop's going to be up and down. It's the same thing. If, if dad's mad at home, the whole house is mad. It's just the nature of the beast. So it really goes back to making sure that you are continuously working on yourself as a leader, looking things, uh, just thinking outside the box, looking at future trends. Um, but in saying that, that's really, that's the culture we have. It's fun. The business doesn't have to be necessarily stressful. If you're working together, we can all solve the problems together, right? So it's you have all these minds working together. It's not just you. So it's really this family. Um, the culture that we're going for is family. Okay. And yeah, I, I want everyone to succeed. As long as the business is succeeding, everyone else needs to succeed as well. And I think if you have the mindset like these people that work here are very important, um, they do a phenomenal job. Like, how do we make sure that they're always taken care of? And that's the culture. If you're focused on your team, your team's going to perform well out to the public. You know, we have a lot of exposure to the public, and it's a blessing because they do a great job. And I, I think a lot of that just revolves around the culture, the lightheartedness, um, the lack of stress. So definitely 
huge in our business to retain your employees, keep everyone quote happy. Um, and again, it, it drives the business to success. You pay people more money. Everyone, it just kind of goes suit to the entire depth of the business by having a good culture. It's the beginning. Um, but it's not simple, but it's a, it's a shift that you can wake up tomorrow morning and you could be, uh, you could change your culture at your shop slowly, um, in order to keep employees longer in order to take the stress off you. Because again, we're losing money when we lose an employee. That's a real nightmare to try and find one. It's like, okay, well, how do we mold this employee into what works for our business and, and just keep them happy and trucking along. And again, always wanting more, wanting to learn more, wanting to be better. That's another big thing. We all want to be better here. So if you're having that as a leader, it's going to go right downhill and you'll notice the whole team start to turn into um, what you want your shop to be. And what would you say are the goals for the next three to five years for Oceanside Auto? So we are, since we've done this building, we've outgrown it already, which was kind of an expectation. However, we have an incredible location here. Um, but for the next three years, most recently what we've done, because I'm, I'm always concerned about our economy. You see what's going on. It's just, it's concerning. You don't know. It's all speculation at this point. We don't know what's going to happen to our industry. We are in a great industry because typically everyone needs their cars fixed. But what I've been branching into because we can keep it on premises is car sales. Now, I know it doesn't get right into the mechanical side of it, but I wanted to be a little more versatile in the sense of what we offer to people. Um, so recent, more recently, we've gotten into car sales where we're, um, you know, we've signed up with quite a few auctions and now we're financing and, and doing these deals and it's been working really well. So it's really trying to add value so that we're protecting ourselves. Um, also trying to expand to a satellite store so that we have more room, more technicians. So we've just, we're, we're really crammed in here, as I should say. Um, so really the plan is to boost sales, uh, which will help incur any losses if there's an issue with our economy. So we're hoping we can kind of protect ourselves with opening the car sales. Um, and again, with, with the, it goes right alongside with the service because one, if a customer, for example, a customer's car wasn't worth fixing. So she bought a Volkswagen Jetta from us. So it's that extra service that we're offering. Um, and then there's financing and then there's an extended warranty. So there's, there's this whole new avenue of revenue uh, for a lot of the shops that are already dealers. They could, they can jump right into it and it's not that difficult. So if I can do it, then most people can do it, I promise. Um, so in any case, definitely um, the sales is something that I'm pushing in the next two to three years to be much bigger. And then we need to get a satellite store that may not even have a front to it, but something that we can at least get four more bays in, three more technicians, and then keep it close enough so that we can shuffle cars around. We have a shuttle service. So our shuttle driver, he can move things around and, and make it all come together as that. So I would say within the next two to three years, sales will be much larger. And then by that time, we should find a satellite store so that it'll really hone us in. It'll keep us within, um, you know, our, our little county here. So it'll be quick enough to get cars back and forth. And Right now, that's really the plan and continuing the best customer experience possible because we're, we're still growing. It's been a real blessing, 
but that's that's the goal as of right now is just making sure that the service is running the way it should be so that everyone that comes in is being taken care of uh, in an amazing way. And then again, adding that sales portion to it has already helped. And it's, this has been a month so far, um, but that's made a big difference. So it's something I also wanted to talk about a little off topic, but it's another way, again, shops can add value. Uh, again, it's not that difficult. You go online, you look at cars, you have it shipped in, and then you recondition it from there. So that I think could be a huge help for a lot of guys out there that, you know, maybe aren't meeting the margin they want to, or they want to make some more money. In any case, uh, make sure that they do their due diligence when they're uh, in research. But it's definitely something that we all know about. It's technicians know how to look at cars and see what's wrong with it. Why not use that experience to, uh, one, offer more to your customers and two, make more money. So that, that's been huge. It's, it's been a really cool transition. So that's something I did want to bring up to help, you know, to help some other guys too, because it's, it's definitely helped us. Right on. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it talking yeah, to you. Of course, man. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Sounds good. All right. Be well, Chris. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet and Ranch Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, and you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.